something that I found very challenging with my oldest when he was a toddler was encouraging him to talk and communicate. And if you're in that place right now, or maybe your baby is getting close to the toddler stage and you want to work on their language and communication skills, Today, I'm joined by the lovely lady creators of We Talkers. We have Carly and Katie, both speech language pathologists, and they offer online resources for parents of babies and toddlers to support their child's language and communication development. Welcome back to Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist and owner of Mama Knows Nutrition. This is the place where we solve your feeding struggles with your little ones. And I'm so thrilled to have Carly and Katie here today because they're going to help us with toddlers talking and how you can work on these skills at mealtimes specifically too. So Carly and Katie, welcome. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Casey. We're so happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here. You're both moms too. And Carly, you're in Canada and Katie, you're in Arizona. So someone tell me, Mm -hmm. how did y'all get connected to start We Talkers? (laughs) Well, one day I just slipped into her Instagram DMs. (laughs) No, it is true though. We met on Instagram. We were both sharing similar content for parents to help them encourage their child's communication skills. And we were just kind of friends and we would DM back and forth. We would even like bounce ideas off each other for different things. We would share each other's resources. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, I need to do something more for parents basically, but I can't do this on my own because I was in the same boat as everybody else, like less support, you know, my kids were home more. So I was like, it would be amazing if Katie did this with me. So I sent her a voice message and the rest is history. And then we just decided to work together full time. That's amazing. Y'all have so many great things to offer. We're obviously going to link everything up for anyone who's listening so you can check them out. One thing that I really wanted to start off with is something that I found was like a big light bulb moment for me with communicating with my kids that I heard you say, you've talked about how asking questions is not necessarily the best way to encourage your toddler to talk, which seems so strange. Like, I feel like I want to ask a question for them to give me an answer. So can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So it is totally counterintuitive. And a lot of parents are in that boat where they're like, wait, I thought that's how you get them to answer. But the problem with that is that it's kind of like, once you ask the question, it can just stop. Like the conversation can stop. And a lot of times we ask a yes or no question like, oh, do you like your raspberries? And then they're like, "Mm mm-hmm. And then that's the end of it. Whereas if you comment about it, if you were to say like, oh, wow, your raspberries are super bumpy. They look kind of juicy. Maybe they'll comment back or notice something as well. So it becomes more of a two-way street. And in the same regard, that also reduces the pressure, which we're all about keeping communication light and positive and fun. And sometimes when they're feeling quizzed or like they need to have a certain answer, it kind of gives the opposite effect and makes them shut down or give the bare minimum. Whereas if you're commenting, you're kind of inviting them into the conversation and it's just less pressureful. That's so interesting. Tell me more about that of like that pressure of feeling quizzed. What kind of questions can lead them to feel that way? Or is it just any question in general? I think specifically parents will kind of tend to go to like, what color is it? Like, what is it? And it's kind of like, a little job interview for a toddler almost like they don't want to be under this, like, okay, it's quiz time. So it's not as fun. It's not as engaging. 
And for a lot of our toddlers, like they don't have the words to kind of put all that back yet. So in the beginning, we're doing a lot of modeling. Like we're talking, you know, if we're talking about mealtime, we're talking about the food or, you know, different experiences and they're hearing that and that's helping them understand the language. And before your child is going to say something, they have to first understand it. So, you know, when your toddler is just starting to talk, we want to do a lot of modeling for them, which is just commenting and saying things about what they're experiencing. That's really helpful, especially for those parents who are in that phase where their toddler is not yet talking much and they're kind of like, it's hard to talk to them when I don't know how much they really understand, but it sounds like they really are understanding more before they can actually say things back to you. Yeah, for sure. And they're like getting those associations are being built as you talk to them. So they might not understand yet. They might not understand if it's a new food or something that they're not familiar with. Maybe it's a utensil that they're not used to using. They might not have the vocabulary word for that yet, but the more that you talk about it and the more that you say that word, that repetition is going to build a strong association and they're going to realize like, oh, this thing with the prongs is called a fork. And then I, now I understand the word fork. So it definitely doesn't show itself very well. It's kind of being built under the surface, but those things are going to happen before you ever hear first words. So they're pretty important. That's helpful as a reframe for me too. So instead of, you know, sometimes I might think if I ask them, what is this utensil? I think that's going to encourage them to talk, but you're saying that you giving them that language and talking more about it is helping them to understand and build that up. And so, and then if I'm quizzing them and they say a fork and I'm like, that's right. And then that's the end of the conversation Mm -hmm, for sure. (laughs) Yep. That's it. So helpful. Now, why are mealtimes a great opportunity for you to get your toddler to start talking more? Well, there's so many benefits of the family mealtime and there's research to support this. I'm sure Casey, you could go on and on about the different benefits as far as like feeding your child. And from a speech and language perspective, it's really an opportunity where people come together. There's less distractions. You're face to face. You're all there together because Katie and I were saying like some days you don't even have like five, 10 minutes to really sit down and just focus on the people around you. Cause you're going here, you're going there. Oh, there's a mess. Like you're have to make the meal. Like there's just so much going on. So it's really that moment just to pause. You're there together, less distractions. So we love that. And there's so much vocabulary exposure, whether you're talking about your day or, you know, planning a future trip or something, or talking about a conversation, you know, even your husband and you talking about a conversation that he had with a colleague or something, they're just exposed to a wide variety of words that they might not otherwise hear if you didn't have that time set aside to kind of be together. So we love it for, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I love that. This is kind of probably a weird question, but I'm the type of person who asks all the questions. So I'm wondering, you said like being at a meal, being face to face, if you sit at your kitchen counter and you're like all next to each other, does that still count or no? Cause they're not seeing your face head on. It still counts because you don't, you don't eat right. And you know, like if you turn your body a little bit, like you you do, you can be (laughs) in a row and kind of still turn and you still get their facial expressions. The reason that face to face matters is because you're getting the full effect. Like you're getting facial expressions and body language and tone and like all that. So when you're sitting next to each other, 
you can still, you know, turn towards each other. No one talks like, you know, you can't see me right now. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just thinking about, we're like always at our kitchen counter and I'm like, do they not see me talking? (laughs) No, they probably do. And I bet oftentimes you're standing on the other side of the kitchen counter while they're sitting on the stool or something, right? Like, yes, you probably are face to face more than you even realize. True. Now tell me something to help parents who are in the shoes that I used to be in where my husband usually wasn't home in time for dinner. And before Amelia was born or when she was a baby, it was just me and Teddy. And before he could really talk, I was like, I'm not really sure how to make use of this time. So Mm -hmm. what would you say about that? Totally. That's a really common not problem, but it's a common situation. And so we like to tell parents to think of the five senses when you're unsure about what to talk about, or you feel a little bit uncomfortable, talk about what you see, talk about what you hear, what you taste, what you smell and what you're touching. And then also vice versa for them. Like you can kind of narrate, be a sports caster to what they're doing and talk about like, Oh, you dipped your spoon in the yogurt, dip, dip, dip. You want to give a bite to mom and you can talk about what's right in front of you. It's also super beneficial for their language to talk about what's tangible because they don't have the ability to kind of like recall the things that we can recall when they're that little. And so talking about the things that are right in front of them or present are building those strong associations that we talked about. And then also research tells us that in the first year of life, the number of words that a child hears is going to be the most beneficial for their language development. So talking about anything that feels authentic to you, even if it's like, you know, after we're done with dinner, we need to go pick up your prescription at Walgreens. Like it's anything that feels authentic is helpful and important. And then in the second year of life, It's more the quality of the words that they hear that's going to move the needle. So being a little bit more diverse in your vocabulary, maybe instead of saying like, that's a big peach, you might say, wow, that peach is gigantic and kind of changing up the vocabulary that you're using can be helpful. Okay. That really helps. So when they're still in that baby stage, you could even say, go through your day of what you guys did Mm -hmm. all day, just kind of talk through whatever. And it doesn't have to be like in a conversational way, it's more like just you talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we want parents to know too. I think sometimes when they hear us speak like, oh my gosh, like I have to talk all day. Like I'm exhausted just (laughs) thinking about this. And that is definitely not the case. It's okay to be quiet. It's okay to have pauses. It's okay for them to play on their own, eat quietly. We're just saying like there are moments and opportunities when you have the capacity where you can kind of sprinkle some of this in. We also love being like silly and playful around mealtimes. Like we think you're okay with this, Casey. We were talking about like, ooh, it's a snake, like with noodles or something like, look at it slither. And so we love how you talk about the division of responsibility. And we feel like this fits in so well with that because, you know, parents can kind of default to like one more bite or do you like it? Or that's a healthy food or that's not because we think we have to talk about food and eating, but we can talk about other things like. I'm a dinosaur and I'm going to crunch my lettuce leaf and not telling them to do it, just showing them and modeling them. And that is really fun, playful way to work on language as well. And then there's a lot of adjectives with food that is great for growing their vocabulary and kids that have a stronger vocabulary do better when they start school. They need to have that strong base and like know a lot of words and it's just easier for helping them learn to read and write and all the things um, once they get to kindergarten. 
Those are all great tips. And I completely agree about mealtime and being able to make it more silly and not focus on those things of just, can you eat another bite? Because we really, mealtime, you don't have to be just saying, I need you to eat this. It can Mm -hmm. be about the whole experience. And so in my perspective as well, that's something that is beneficial all around, not just from the speech perspective, but from getting them to have that healthy relationship with food too. Sure. Now, if you're struggling still to come up with some ideas of what to talk about with your toddler at a mealtime, what other suggestions do you have? Well, like Katie was saying before, the toddlers can understand and talk about things that are more tangible and right in front of them. And when there's a visual component, even better. So we love like placemats with pictures. So we have a variety around here, just like an ocean scene or something they're interested, maybe different kinds of trucks or maps or whatever your child is into. It's kind of fun to have a few of those. And then it's right there. And it's an easy way to kind of spark conversation in a fun way. And it takes the focus off of food, which we really like. And we know you have your breakfast picture cards. And we were like, oh, that's so good from a language perspective as well, because especially little ones that are having a challenge learning to talk and communicate adding in a multimodal way of learning. So by you showing them that visual, that's going to be easier for them to participate in communication, right? Even if they can't say waffle, no worries. Like if they download your picture cards, Mm -hmm. that is going to help them be able to communicate and be more engaged and make choices on their own, giving them more independence, which we want to show them their communication has power. We don't want things always just happening for them. Like we want to show them, wow, when you point, when you make a sound, when you say a word, like that's affecting your environment. So, oh, I love that so much. Giving them that power to be able Mm -hmm. to express themselves for anyone listening who doesn't know about my breakfast choice cards. I'll put a link to them in the show notes, but basically I just made these cards that you can print out that have both the word for you, the adult, and the picture of the foods of the common breakfast foods, cereal, toast, waffles, all of those things so that your toddler can choose between you give them two or three choices and they get to choose. So I love that unknowingly I'm helping yes. their language development too. <laughs> you are for sure. Choice <laughs> is a great way. Choice is a great way to have toddlers learn to communicate and assert their wants and needs. And like you said, giving them like a small amount of choices, like it's better for us as grownups for sure. And it's really good for kids to have more of a narrow field of choices because it's really overwhelming if you were to set out like seven choices. (laughs) Yes. I love knowing that the visual is really helpful too, because I think some parents really hesitate to bring anything to the table because they worry about the idea of playing while eating or not focusing on the food. But in my experience, at least with feeding kids, it can actually help make them feel more comfortable at the table. And it sounds like from a speech and language communication perspective Mm -hmm. that that's also helping them feel more comfortable to communicate with you as well. Yeah, for sure. Decreases the pressure quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, if you are somebody who I know, Carly, you had said that it's not like you have to be talking to them all day. So we don't Mm -hmm. have to put the pressure on ourselves to like narrate for the 10 entire minutes that we're sitting at dinner. Like it's okay to (laughs) be quiet sometimes. But if you're not somebody who naturally is talkative, what do you suggest? Yeah, I would say just falling back on those things that Katie went over a little bit earlier. So talking about the five senses, like if you keep 
that in your mind, you'll always have something to say to your child. If you draw a blank, like what's the, what are they experiencing through their senses? Boom. You have something to say, reviewing past plans or future plans, describing the characteristics of food, the pretend play and the picture placemats will all, if it's mealtime, we'll all give you something. Um, if you're drawing a blank. What about like a little picture book at the meal? Yes or no? Yeah. We actually think that a lot of little ones that don't love book reading, like in a structured setting, do really well with reading a little book while they're eating. If you can draw the experience of eating to the book that you're reading, that's even better. If if you're reading like a book about animals or something you might, and you have like, I don't know, some crackers on the tray, you might like pretend to feed the animals like, oh, the dinosaur is eating. Can we give the fish a bite? What's your turn? You want to bite? Oh no, you don't want to bite. Okay. Let's feed the bear. Like that type of low pressure, fun, playful way of interacting at mealtime is great. I love that. And you guys have so many resources to help parents with all of this too. Tell us a little bit about what parents can find from y'all. Well, we have two main courses. So if you have a toddler, we have our talk toddler course, which will teach you how to help your toddler talk and communicate more, whether they're not talking at all, or they have some words, we teach you how to meet them right where they're at and help them get to that next step. And then we also have our songs and stories membership for toddlers and preschoolers. And this is something new that kind of came about during the pandemic because we just wanted to help parents out as much as we could, because we know it can be challenging to kind of fill those long days when you really want something quality for your child, but you, you know, you can't get out and it's our songs and stories membership where they can watch story time and songs and rhymes classes with us. So I love that. What age is that for? We say two to four, but we have families with like 18 month olds as well. So it's kind of just test it out and see. We have a free video if you kind of want to try it first. Oh, good. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes. Can you, and somebody could watch that like on their phone, could play it on their phone. Yeah. So you can put it on your TV the same way you would mirror something from like YouTube or something, a tablet or a phone or, you know, on your laptop is kind of how I do it with my kids. I just put it at the table with the laptop, but any way you want to watch a video, you can watch it. <laughs> I love that because trying to find one, I'm so tired of watching Blippi. I'm yeah. so tired of Blippi. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it'd just be amazing if my kids were still younger, like to have that kind of resource where I know that what you're doing is going to be helpful for them. It's appropriate for them. Yes. That would be such a relief and take some of the pressure off. I think sometimes I still feel guilty with screens for my kids, but knowing that it would be something that's really helpful for their learning and their development is huge. Yeah, yeah. meaningful screen time. And it, it kind of mirrors like a story time at a library, but it's pre-recorded and you can just press play when you need 10 minutes. So I love that. Is there anything else you want to share with the lovely listeners before you go? I would say if you're wondering about your toddler's communication, like I know a lot of times you might see little ones at the park or something and be wondering, huh, is my child talking as much as they should or kind of what what to expect at the different ages? And we'd recommend um, grabbing our milestone checklist so you can kind of see all the little skills that are building up. It's so much more than just the number of words they're saying. So with that, you'll get kind of the full picture and we'll send you some other resources along with it as well. So I would say that might be helpful for you. We'll add that in the show notes too. And you said that's just a free download. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you, Carly. Thank you, Katie. This is so helpful. 
Thanks, Thanks for having Casey. us, Stacey. Thanks. <laughs>